you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to The Sixth Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Today, we got a special episode for you. We're doing part two, a follow-up Q&A about Black Panther. Joel, how do you feel about that, man? Uh, I'm good. I saw the Avengers, so, you know, I'm still in the mental of, uh, you know, superhero time frame. Um, but yeah, obviously man. that's Infinity not. Infinity War was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, are are you still on except mission, bro? except 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 for the part where, where they trust trashed uh, Wakanda? That was uh, disrespectful, bro. Yo, why you gotta hate? It, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, bro, but, you missed but, my question. The thing, I'm asking what? if you are still on mission. Are you oh, still oh, undercover, bro? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, hey, hey, man. You know, you know, you know how that goes, man. We'll be on the DL out here, man, trying to get the inside scoop. You know, six, 006. <laughs> 006, <laughs> it, it, we out here. <laughs> so It's so far on the DL, you totally forgot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, but the, the, the Black Panther episode was our best episode to date. It had the most downloads, had the most buzz. So we got follow uh, questions from the listeners about that episode and really unpacking uh, the themes and the ideologies within the movie. So, so this is going to be a very deep conversation. Yeah, I'll try not to get lost. Huh? Well, yeah, don't get lost in the sauce, baby. <laughs> okay, well, without further ado, let's jump to the first question. What up, what up, what up? This your homie, Jay Johnson, calling from the B side. I got a question for you boys, and this is my two cents, especially to you, Darnell. I think you're a hypocrite. Yep, you're a hypocrite. So, Because how are you going to come and say, as a Christian, you believe using ethnicity instead of race then turn around and say that black people should be helping black people. Isn't that term black people racist terminology? Is it possible to be a pan-Africanist and a Christian at the same time? Help me out. Help me out here. (laughs) Yo, how did that question get in there, man? (laughs) Well... Shots are usually being oh. fired at me, so we figured. Oh, oh man, what is the, oh, share oh, the wealth? Okay. Bro. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh, oh th- thank you, thank you, uh, Jay from the uh, B side, <laughs> B town. We out here. Um, well, first of all, yes, he's right. Um, that I that that I and I apologize for um, being a hypocrite. In, making that contradictory statement. But so, so what I would say is, yes, as Christians, we shouldn't believe in race. Practically speaking, people are the same. So uh, some are Jamaican, Nigerian, Canadian, or even Russian. Uh, I, think, I think ties of uh, nationality are stronger than ties of color. I don't think black people should help black people any more than I think white people should help white people. 
So people can help whoever they want. Can you be an Pan-Africanist and a Christian at the same time? To answer that question, hmm. well, let me be clear. As a Christian, you can have a special affinity for your own ethnic, just as Paul had for the Jews. But I would say the mission of Jesus and the mission of Pan-Africanism are fundamentally opposed to each other. Pan-Africanism's uh, mission is the unification of a race. Jesus's mission is the unification of all ethnicities, regardless of what you look like. Uh, what, 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 what did you think, Joel? Um, my first thought is your, your statement that black people shouldn't help or, or should help black people no more than white people help white people, um, will not be well received. Um, no, well, no, okay. Yeah, no, I understand that. No, just my point. So nobody confuses my point. I'm like, yo, help who you want to help. That's my point. Yeah. Help who you want to help. Like, if I have money and you, and, and you come to me, Joel, and you need help, I'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I mean, that, 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 that's all I'm saying. So to flip it around, then for the outsider, like, are you saying stop judging people for who they decide to help? Uh, no, no. I, I, I'm saying that that in regards to it isn't just saying, okay, well, I'm going to help you because you look like me. Like, come on, man. It's, it's a bit deeper than that. A lot of times I'm going to help you because uh, I have a relationship with you or we have something in, in common that's deeper than what we look like. Uh, like mm -hmm. we, we're brothers or we go to the same church or, or we come from the same culture or, or ethnicity. Yeah. Or, or common right? community. A, pardon? Or yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. The same, the same community. But I think, I think, okay, I'm going to help you because you look like me. I think it has to go a little deeper than that, especially if we're talking about uh, monetary exchange. I, I think I, I need to I need to know a little bit more about you besides the fact that you look the same that you look the same as me. I need to know if you're good with money. I need to know you're not a thief. Or am I just going to facilitate you continue you continuing to be foolish? Right. Like if your foolishness is what got you into the place of of needing help um, is something I'm going to do actually contributing to your bad behavior. Right. Right. And, and again, and again, I, I think it's important to go back to Jay's point that that we try to be consistent with what the scriptures teach, because the scriptures don't talk about race because race doesn't exist. It talks about ethnicity. So we want to get into the habit of talking about ethnicity because in, in practical implications, like on the ground level, we live that way. Yeah. You know, you know, Nigerians don't want to be confused with Ghanaians. Trinidadians don't want to be confused with Jamaicans. Though, though, they, though they may look alike, though they may look alike, they'll, that's where the line is drawn. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Get it straight. I'm this. Yeah. And you want to respect that. Yeah. So we see that practically in the world. We also see that practically playing out in the scriptures. So let's just start using ethnicity. Well, and I... That's to, my point. To play defense for you a little bit i think the problem for for you know holding the view that ethnicity is is biblical or even 
you know, more appropriate, let's say for, for anybody, like we're, I would presume your position is everybody should only be worried about ethnicity. Nobody should be worried about race, regardless if the Bible is your authority. Um, the problem, if, if that is the view you hold, there's a whole bunch of people who don't hold that and are going to continue to use race as their reference. Right, 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 right. But, but this is, but, but, but this is, this is the best part because as Christians, you know, we're citizens of a different land. We have a different paradigm in which we interpret the world. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to stick out. So yes, unbelievers are going to do unbeliever things, but believers got to do believer things. We got to, we got to act and talk in a way that makes people say, hold on, hold on. Why didn't, why don't you ever use the word black people? Because it doesn't exist. Well, what do you mean it doesn't exist? Well, let's start in history. Where does the first person come from? Yeah. Oh, Africa. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Even before then, even before the fall of my guy. Yeah. Oh, the Garden of Eden. Oh, Garden of Eden is Africa. Okay, prove it. I can't prove it. Well, that's what I'm trying to show you to play. Yeah. There's a starting point. You see what I'm saying? So this is why it's important to really come back to the text and, and use that as our foundation for what's real and what's not real. And I think um, the like, I'll call it higher level principle that I, that I was finding parallels with, for me or, or for us, we, we always talk about you know, principles. Um, and I think you know, when someone's framing something in a way that contradicts our principles, we we really need to take advantage of that opportunity to 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 put our principles at the forefront. Yes. Right? Because the whole problem I see with so much of society, so many of these conversations, whether it's about race or whether it's about, you know, social justice or or any sort of like public issue, there's a lack of principles. It's ideological, right. it's you know, what feels good versus what principles are we applying here and when i hash out that principle what is what is the good the bad the ugly and so you know i just look at this as another example where you're like you know ethnicity is your you know lens for looking at different people um versus race right right. um and yeah that's good bringing that to the forefront you know you can you can walk away and be like cool i disagree with you like I don't, you know, I don't have to have you agree that ethnicity is the only thing that I can look at. Right, right. right. Having that conversation day to day is is what I think is an example of right. our and, will, and, and, and that will further approach. point out the saltiness, the distinctiveness of the Christian and the way we live. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to the to the second question. Hi guys, love the podcast. Just had a quick question about it um you guys did not address why killmonger's attempt to liberate black people from white oppression was so appealing to some black people based on the inequality we see today how would you address this disparity wow well besides the fact of uh you know the fact that it resonated with black people in regards to liberation and and mistreatment uh, yeah, Kill Killmonger's. Yeah, Killmonger's point was. Yeah, it, it it really hit home for a lot of a lot of black people, and and I'm using black people because <laughs> just to be consistent with what people would would interpret it as, and with her question, 
but yeah, it really resonated with black people because of the mistreatment that black people has had. So it was pretty deep and the, and, and the directors of the movie did a very good job with that. But I, I, I feel like Joel, in regards to the question, the question, uh, talking about oppression and, and disparity, uh, still comes back to uh, class warfare theory uh, in Karl Marx. Like, so Karl Marx believed, he believed that in order to close the class gap, the proletariat, uh, the working class, had to overthrow uh, the bosses, or in our case, uh, the white man being the bourgeoisie proletariat. So Marx tried to answer the question, why the bourgeoisie, uh, the white man in this case, stays on top and the proletariat, the black man, stays at the bottom. He believed that uh, uh, the white man or the man uh, sees, sees the means of production and thus le led to the oppression of the worker, which led to the exploitation of the worker. So his, his resolution to this problem was revolution where the working class would overthrow um, the bosses. So today's class warfare theory has changed from financial or working identity to cultural identities, like of race, gender, sexual orientation, and all that other stuff. So uh, to be a class, now to be like part of this class, you have to ascribe to, to the same ideology. Black people, are not a social class. We don't all believe the same thing, nor are we all at the bottom and not are all white, not all white people are at the top. So when you look at the disparity from a theological, historical, economic, sociological perspective, it is consistent with the way the world has always been uneven and unequal in regardless to outcome. So however the politics, however, so, like, think about it. Like, however, when it comes to politics, disparity means inequality and would need to and would need a policy to create equality. But even with equal opportunity, you would still not get an equal outcome because there isn't enough resources for everybody. Um, I, so I don't like it gets pretty deep. I, I would say I want to reword that last sentence. Um, OK, e equal opportunity doesn't equal or doesn't result in equal outcome not because there's not enough resources because people have different wants or more appropriately i think you could say people have different preferences right like <laughs> we know that doctors make more money than nurses but if you prefer to be a nurse like or or you prefer the aspects of the job that a nurse does versus pref you know the the high stress the uh and i'm thinking of a surgeon when i say doctor in this case um you know the weight the you know level of intelligence that you constantly have to maintain um in order to be that you know that level within your profession like those preference differences are what lead to unequal outcome, right? I, I would presume for the most part, as much as nurses work shift work, there's a less, you know, less likely of an expectation that in an emergency you make 
you know, make the exception and you be there. Whereas in the doctor, especially if you're a high quality surgeon, right? The, hey, the hey, weights whoa, are whoa, different. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Joel, I'm missing your point, man. Like, you lost me. We're talking about race. Why are we talking about doctors and nurses? So for me, my, the reason I went to that was because when you laid everything out, um, I went back to the Marxist because I think it's important to, 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 to say we need to have this conversation, but making sure this Marxist ideology isn't a premise. Um, because the Marxist concept, if you believe it, can now easily be applied to any scenario of inequality. And so I think Marx is a, a straw man of an employer and employee scenario. And, and why do I say that? Well, because I look at it from the perspective of the employer is the one risking his resources to pay individuals, or in this case, the man, um, to do work with the intention that that work will create more resources. But he has to risk that your work will create no resources. And so from a Marxist perspective, I think this is a horrible classification of an employer and employee relationship with the caveat, of course, that are there people who exploit other people? Sure. I'm not like, I'm not pretending we live in a utopia where that doesn't exist. But just because someone's at the top and someone's at the bottom in the employment scenario doesn't default that they're oppressing them. And, th and that's where if you, you, know, you hold that Marxist ideology as your starting point, that's where I think we need to have the conversation. Now, assuming you don't hold to that kind of employer-employee Marxist economic view, now having a conversation around class allows us to, or, or racial conversations, allows us to dig into the, to the weeds, right? It gets to, well, what is oppression? In my opinion, mm -hmm. right? It allows us to have a conversation around what is oppression. And you're not right. defaulting to inequality equals to oppression. Yeah, no, and, 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 and I understand what you're saying. But what, what, what I'm saying is that uh, the, the ideology of Marxism runs deep in black liberation theology. Like it isn't, it isn't just oh, okay. Well, this is a no, misrepresentation. No, there are people who passionately believe and champion uh, this idea of oppress oppressor uh, class warfare. Uh, but yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. But I'm telling you, like, it it it, it runs deep. But like you say, okay, if, for those who who don't um, who who have had their mind changed by your argument. On Marx now, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your argument now, now, now. You're going to explain what, what, how you would approach oppression. So go ahead. Yeah. So I started to say, you know, I I think we have a a predicament where there's a presumption that inequality is presumed to be the result of oppression. Obviously, if oppression exists, I, I'm smart enough to recognize that it will create inequality. But uh -huh. I think we need to just like 
I would say use inequality as a flag to say, why did this inequality occur? Um, and is oppression uh, exist, right? Versus assuming it exists, and that's why the inequality occurred. Um, so, you know, for me, if I'm looking at a scenario trying to ask, is there oppression here? I think there's two key characteristics that I'm going to look for. Force and harm. Okay. And, and I would use harm in a more legal definition um, because I think it's the simplest way to not be ambiguous, right? So, I mean, my first thought goes to this idea of tort law. Can you associate cause um, and, and these other aspects of law um, just as a starting point, of course, right? So someone beats you up if someone stole your tv there's harm um mm. but if somebody looked at you funny like you know it's really hard That's to call that harm, harm. okay he, like even if he's looking at you funny because he thinks you're a fool and a, for whatever reason right like okay okay so how would you define force because I, I i thought I, I thought you would put force and harm as the same thing um well, I mean, you could force people to do things that aren't necessarily harmful, I guess, is the, the other side of it, right? I can force you to take a million dollars from me. So, so <laughs> sorry, so how are you defining force? Um, lacking liberty um, or compelling or coercion for people to act. Coercing people to act, force, and then harm. Okay. Right, so if I forced, I mean, a horrible example, but a good example is like okay. Well, slavery. let me give you an example. Hold on, no, let yeah. me give you an example of oppression. Okay. My my history is not being taught at school. My my history is not my black history, uh, quote unquote, is not being taught at my school. Is that oppression? Well, I would say if you were in China and they made you know, access to your history and its information, like not available, that, that, that might qualify as oppression. But in today's world where the ability for us to Or in access, this part of the world, or in oh, this yeah, part of the world. Fair. In, in Western society where we have an abundant access to information, um, I have a hard time calling that oppression because you have the freedom to learn it. You have the freedom to teach it. You just aren't getting it at the school you go to, which technically you have the freedom not to go to, right? You could homeschool your kid or you could send them to black history school on Saturdays, right? Okay. I, I mean, I know so many kids that went to school on a weekend and I okay. felt sorry for them, but. <laughs> I, 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 me too, me too. Um, Hungarians, I know Hungarians and Somalis, I know they have like Saturday school, so. I knew about yeah. a math Saturday school, which is yeah. slightly different, but yeah. Still. Okay. 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 Let, let me ask you another question. Uh, so oppression, um, not seeing enough positive images of my people on, on TV. Like, so like we have black Panther, right? Yep. So, so that was big. So, so we want to see 
more, more the fact that we don't see enough um, of these images, positive images, is that oppression? I mean, my first thought is like, where's the coercion? Right? Like, okay, who's forcing you mm. to do things? Um, you know, from a liberty perspective. Okay. My okay, so, so, Joel, so sorry, Joel. So let, let me let me just get you. Let, let me just make sure I understand you. So you're saying that 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 oppression is 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 active and not as active and not passive. Um. Yeah, I think I think somebody not doing something. If you think that the so the problem I see the reason why I'm I'm wrestling mentally. Is because you're gonna potentially require coercion for them to do what you want. Sorry, who's them? So, if you use the example that you just laid out, um, if a movie company doesn't have enough positive black characters, your 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 response potentially is using coercion, forcing them to achieve a certain level of positive black characters. Versus, I would say the liberty perspective is support the p- the companies that are in line with your values and boycott the ones that aren't. Versus oh, compel and, and companies. Joel, and Joel, black yeah. people will agree with you on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's like, but the I, the problem I see is if we're calling for coercion because something we want isn't happening. That's 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 concerning to me. Okay, and sorry, define the coercion. Um, I mean, go back to this example. Oh, you now must meet X certain standards, or we're gonna fine you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Policy. Yeah. Right? Okay. 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 That, okay. That, 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 that was, that was good. That was good, Joel. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. Hey guys, thanks so much for this podcast. Honestly, I love the work you guys do. Keep putting it out there, guys. It's, it's fantastic quality stuff. Uh, just a question I was really hoping that you guys could answer for me. Uh, can you guys please just elaborate on the principle of the African diaspora and its impact on the black psyche? Uh, it's just something that I could use some help just getting my mind around. Uh, I'm just wondering if you guys could please tackle that. Oof, yikes. Uh, that's a pretty heavy question. Okay, so so this is another pan-Africanist terminology, African diaspora. So the African diaspora refers to the long-term historical process by which people of African descent have been scattered from their ancestral homelands to other parts of the world. Now, due to slavery, those part of the diaspora have had their identity name, traditions, religion, and in some cases, their dignity taken from them. Uh, the black, this is why, this is why the Black Panther movie was such a big deal uh, for the diaspora, because they felt a connection back to their homeland and saw dignified images of African people in the African land. Uh, this is why we saw people dressing up in traditional African garments to the premiere. Now, there are African people who are not affected like the African diaspora. Why? Because they were born in Africa. 
Their history does not include being subjected to slavery. They know who they are and where they come from. It's deeper than being black. They're Nigerian, they're Ghanaian, they're Congolese. And in fact, find, um, find it an offense uh, to be considered the same as another nation. Okay, so hold This on, hold is on, the hold ideology. Hmm? Can, can you... I, I lost you. <laughs> In terms of, you know, contrasting these two terminologies or ideologies. Um, mm -hmm. So can you, can you simplify it a little and then maybe put it in the context of the movie? Oh, okay. Um, so... <sighs> So the contrast is, okay, yeah, the movie would be a better example. So uh, Killmonger is, is of the diaspora, right? His dad is from Wakanda, but Killmonger was born in America. Okay. So he is separated from his roots in Wakanda. And longs to, 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 to be back, to go back there. Now, uh, T'Challa, he was born in Wakanda. So his ideology doesn't include, you came over here on a ship, and your people are one-third human. Like that's so, so, so those are the two different perspectives, and that's what we see. Those are the two ideologies playing out in the movie. We see how it impacts the way uh, they interact with each other and how uh, they, 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 they attempt to rule. Does, does that make sense? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm following, but when I think of like my day to day, you know, I like you made the comment about, you know, someone from you know nigeria or jamaica like them being really associated with those you know where they're from and i'm just trying to figure out you know like i've never heard these terms diaspora pan-africanism in terms of my like day-to-day -day. so mm -hmm. when i look at you know the friends that i have i would be like i don't know if any of these people hold any of these things right so like what what would you see in someone from North America who falls under one of these categories versus another? Right, right. So, yes, yeah, that's a good question. So, like, for example, it's very simple. People who have confirmation of who they are and where they come from. So they won't just be okay with being called black. Right, so they'll say, "No, yeah. I'm, I'm Nigerian." Okay, and then what ideology is that, or what terminology does that fit under? Right, so, so like we we, we talked about in the last episode, like the whole uh, statist, uh, nationalist, uh, a, a tribal uh, type of understanding of of your own identity, right? As opposed to just saying, like, okay, um, I'm a black person longing to know my real African name. Well, for those people who, who, who are born there already know their African name. They still use it, and they can still trace back their lineage. So the, the way we see it playing in the West is that for the people who are part of the diaspora, that Pan-Africanist language 
is seen in identity politics, right? Those, okay. th- those, those are the same terminologies and ideologies that we see um, or the way we talk and the way we think here in North America. But So the Pan-Africanist is very like collectivist. Yes. Okay. Yes. But yeah, but then but then you have those people who are actually from who are born and raised in in I'll use again Nigeria and they'll be able to say, "Well, look, I was born in Nigeria. So this whole Black History Month slave narrative, that's not mine." That whole uh, uh, slave complex, because um, master forced me to have sex with women, so now um, this is why um, I have kids all over the place. That's not my narrative. That's not mine. That's yours. Right? And in some cases, some cases, some some people would say, well, no, that's why you're in Jamaica, because we sold you off, and that's why you live there. And and that's that's why you have that slave narrative. That's not mine. And it's kind of hard for us to really wrap our heads around like, wait a minute. So not all black people are slaves, just like not all white people owns, um, own slaves. Right? So it isn't, it isn't so much a broad brush to say, okay, all black people um, have, have a slave history. Well, no, that's not true. Even, 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 even like practically geographically. It's not true because, yeah, you were born in Africa. How was how how the transatlantic slave trade part of your history when you still live in Africa? Yeah. Okay. So you see the, what I'm saying? Yeah. So part of it is part of it is when you look at the when you look at the when you look at the identity politics, they're going to say, okay, look, uh, slavery is the reason why we're not functioning properly. But that's not the same story for some people who live here. They're like, wait a minute, but slavery is not part of my narrative, and I'm functioning just fine. How come we don't hear those people's perspectives? How come we don't hear the other perspective um, who, who, who don't co-sign with the whole diaspora um, principle? Or, or collectivist, right? Um, okay, yeah, or, or you would use the term uh, collectivism. But, but if, if you really think about it, like, you know, word on the street is that Nigerians are some of the smartest people who are categorized as black people, but they're, they're, they're known to be really smart. Uh, Jamaicans are are really industrious, and 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 these aren't stereotypes. These are these are real things because of the culture that they come from. Yeah. So so that that's why some people would say, "Yo, don't group me in with those black people," because because my people we do good in school. Like the where I come from, my people do good in school. Where I come from, my people don't get in trouble. So a lot of times, if, okay, let's say we get a stat. There's a lot of black people in jail. I have a question. What's the what are their ethnicities? Are they Jamaicans? Not not to not to say Jamaicans are are criminals. But, but I, I know criminals. what you're saying, right? Like, do we have yeah, an but, ethnicity, yeah. you know, grouping? But that but that's a but that's an excellent question to ask. Like, like yo, where are they from? Oh, there, there was a shooting. Oh, I hope the person wasn't black. Well, no, hold on. What was their ethnicity? Oh, they're Somali. Oh, okay. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I'm noticing changes. these guys' names are coming up a lot in the news. It's some Somali you. So, not to say and again, again, if you're a Somali listening, um, or not, I'm not. I'm just using as an example. <laughs> so for for the listener, what do you? Well, let me let me tell you what I I can appreciate from this conversation. What I want the listener to take, and then and then you can can close okay. out. Um, I look at you know our conversation, like you know, um. There's so much about like 
these questions where I'm ignorant, right? Like even these terms, Pan-Africanism and diaspora, right? I'm, I'm learning them from you in, yeah. in, you know, just conversation where you have grace for the fact that I'm ignorant to things that you know about. Uh-huh. Um, and I think for the listener, I want to, you know, use that and be like, hopefully we can model the way, you know, you talk to someone who's completely ignorant to maybe what you know more about. Right, right, totally. And, 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 and it's a trust thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a trust thing. And me and you have built up a rapport over the years where, you, you know, you can come to me and I can come to you and ask you tough questions and, and, and work it through. Because at the end of the day, um, yeah, we're trying, we're, we're, we're trying to get to truth and, and, and there's still a brotherhood. Like you, like Joel, like, like Joel, you're my brother. You're my brother in Christ. So we have a strong, a very strong bond to be able to communicate. We should be able to communicate about anything. You know? Yep. But what's but what what's your two cents on this whole thing? What do you want what do you want the listener to take away? Um I I guess, you know, the way I approached question two with you know why I wanted to dig into Marx, which was like, you know, evaluating maybe some of the underlying things that we believe that lead to other opinions. Um mm-hmm. because maybe I don't agree with Marxist Marxism, but somehow you know, if I, if I'm a listener, if I I never agreed with Marxism, but I've but I do agree with this um, racial inequality Marxism, right? So maybe you can question me. What are some of the foundational things that that I haven't thought about? To just own your opinion is more my point. Not to say, oh, you need to reflect on your foundations in order to make sure, you know, or to figure out where you're wrong. No, no. I'm saying reflect on how you came to know your opinion so that you actually understand why it is you believe what you believe, not just I'm holding to this ideology because all the Democrats hold this ideology or all black people have this ideology. Mm-hmm. What about you? Right. Um, uh, my two cents, I, I, I would just like to leave a, let the listener know that as Christians, we want to be consistent with the views of scripture. There is no such thing as race, only ethnicity. Changing the way we speak is culturally awkward, but it's it's absolutely necessary for fighting the confusion that the ideology of race brings about. One of those implications is racial class warfare. Black people are not a social class because we don't all ascribe to the same ideologies. Uh, we are too multi, like too multi-ethnic, to fit into the uh, monolithic rubric of identity politics. Christians know that true liberation is in freedom of thought to see yourself the way God sees you. And that's my two cents, cause Darnell said so. <laughs> uh, let's hear your two cents. Hit us up Facebook, Twitter, um, email us at Six Cents Report, and then. Emails six cents report at gmail.com. But you heard me? Does that make sense? Madden and Mitchell Media.